ha! Hello and welcome to the Halloween episode. No, no, it's not happening. Shut what? up. Wait. Let's what? just get on with the show. Shut up. I told you not to do that. And I'm Jace. Um, yeah, welcome to the Halloween episode. We're going to try and make this a little short extra show, just um, a little bonus for all you loyal listeners. Um, as a lot of people will know, Willie is a big lover of the horror, horror genre, so he's dragged me in and made me come in and do a little show um, with lots of horror games in it, if we can. And um, yeah, just try to get you in a bit of Halloween spirit and stuff, really. Yeah, mate, we were going to do a live trick-or-treat podcast, but we decided we're a bit old for that, and people would probably look at us funny in the street, wouldn't they? Yeah, probably uh, ran by yours, mate. I don't want to go walk in the streets around there anyway. Before we get into Halloween shenanigans, though, um, hopefully by now you've all listened to our little appearance on the Game Burst quiz, uh, taking on the might of the AI bots, um, taking on Dan and Chazzy there with their immense knowledge of video games, and... Um, what do you think, Will? Were we robbed? I think so, mate. I think there was there was some controversial moments in there, wasn't there? But we won't go into it. Well, controversial bits of your audio, but we won't talk about that either. Oh, that was happened as well, and the, <laughs> the rapey breathing as well. But everyone's come to get used to that. That's a that's a console ninja staple, mate. My rapey breathing down the mic. Yeah, it's fair enough, mate. That's uh, your little shtick, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but uh, I really enjoyed that. We we did pretty well. Um, for anybody who hasn't listened, we did. Just about lose in the end, but only on the last round, really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was good to see, especially with us um, knowing the guys so well. and It was great to see how even we actually were going up to the end of it. I think I totally fluffed the Indefensibles round, though. Yeah, it's a difficult round, though, mate. Um, that, that's definitely one that catches a lot of people out. But um, So if you haven't listened to it yet, uh, have, have, have yourself a listen back to it, and uh, I might have sport the ending, but... Um, Especially listen out for Will's reference to uh, the wonderful Barbie's horse adventures. Yeah, man, I, I got asked, asked a question. I don't have a clue what to do. I kind of choked. I was like, think of something. Think of something. Barbie horse adventures. And yeah, he went back to that <laughs> old thing that we've been doing for years and, and years, the old Barbie horse adventures. But uh, yeah, anyway, enough silliness. Um, shall we talk about what we've been playing? We shall, mate. As it's Halloween, and as you've mentioned before, I really love a bit of the, the old horror genre. I've been trying to get into a few ha- a few horror-based games recently. So, as everyone knows, I, I was playing Fear 2 last week, but I'm not going to go on about that anymore. I managed to rent a copy of Silent Hill Downpour, and I got a little bit of playtime on that. I think I played that for about an hour, and I just didn't like it, mate. I just think... 
they're, they're trying too much to be like the movies now. And have, have you actually played any Silent Hills, mate? I played the first one, mate, back in the day, but um, I don't remember a great deal of it. It certainly um, doesn't bring back any great memories to me now. Do, do you ever remember the points where, like, sometimes you would something would happen, you would be out of it for a couple of minutes, and when your character comes back around, suddenly you're in, like, a really warped, dark version of Silent Hill, and it'd be, like, an area you've already been in, but, like, a really creepy, horrible version of it? Yeah, it rings a bell, mate. Um... They used to be really subtle about it, and you, you could never see it coming. Or sometimes you would hear the, the the air raid sirens, but that would be about it. But in the film, when the film came out, there was there was scenes where it could sh- it showed you the place like kind of whopping before her eyes and twisting into this place. And I always thought it looked a bit crap, to be honest. And I think the games are now st- trying to follow suit, so they've lost a lot of the subtlety that they once had because it used to build up the tension for a while, a bit at a time, and then suddenly something would happen that would give you a fright. But I think they're just trying to be too in your face all the time. So I got so far into it, mate, and I just wasn't impressed. I think about an hour in, there's far too much to be playing at the moment, so I sent it back. I'll maybe try it again later on next year, because I've got one of those feelings that later on the series is going to get better again, and I'll want to have played all the ones leading up to that, so I will get back to it. Fair enough. The other game that I managed to rent was I've got a hold of a copy of Resident Evil 6. And again, because I've had to try and play both of those games in one week, I've not played played a lot of this. Uh, I managed to play, I think, the first hour or so of it. But one of the things I will point out is there's, there's a few kind of things that have already been annoying me. And I know this game's got bad reviews and I'm not going into this looking to hate it. I really, really want to like it because I love Resident Evil. Um, the start of the game... There's like full sections of just quick time events, and I know Resident Evil 4 was one of the games that kind of brought on the whole quick time event, made it more popular, but it feels, some of the bits feel a lot more like Azura's Wrath, where um, there's, there's like full five minute sections where it's just constantly button mashing, hitting eight the right time, and stuff like that, and I don't know if I, I, don't know if I like that, mate. It kind of takes me out of the game, it's, it doesn't feel frightening at all. Um, Apart from that, I'm really liking the whole... I'm liking it's back in a city. It seems to... I think it's... Is it Tokyo it's in? And I'm, I'm enjoying the whole... I've got I've got a pistol and I've got a knife. The bullets are quite scarce, so I'm quite often having to resort to using hand-to-hand combat on the zombies. Which also brings me to another thing. Right. The traditional zombie is a shot to the head will kill it. In this game, it doesn't matter. You can shoot them four times in the head before they die. But... What I have noticed is, it doesn't matter where you shoot them, it always takes about four or five bullets to kill a zombie. But, for some reason, if you stab them, you only need to stab them three times to kill them. Can you work that one out, mate? Everyone knows that, mate. Yeah, I guess the whole... I know that they're probably going for the whole risk-reward thing. You need to get in close to the zombies to get the stabby kill. And they're giving you more more damage for doing it. Which is fair enough, but I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't feel realistic to me. Um, they've kept in a lot of the old staples. You still get the whole green herb, red herb, mi- mixing together to make better medicine and stuff like that. So I like that, and I can't. I don't think I've played it enough to talk about it too much. Do you know what I mean? So I'll let I'll let you all know next time. Cool. Uh, you you were looking forward to this one, now, weren't you? Because you're, you're a big Resi fan, so um, I'm sure you'll have lots to say. 
Yeah, mate, I love the series, so I'm definitely going to continue and see where it goes. I've also played, now this is the big one, mate, this is the one I've been waiting for. Um, I managed to get a hold of Walking Dead, the game, episode 4. Yeah, I've seen a lot of buzz about this. Um, people were using every superlative under the sun when this came out. Um, Twitter was kind of exploding with joy about it. It's a really good episode, mate. It's the penultimate episode of the series. And you know what you're expecting, mate? It's the second last episode you're expecting the whole Empire Strikes Back moment. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. That whole, there's no fucking hope. How are we going to get through this last one? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> That's it. Bring it right down to a downer before it can bring you up. It fucking delivers, mate. Um, nice. But most importantly, I think they've done a really good job of keeping these episodes very different from each other. Like the first one was very good with the whole um, introducing you to the characters, introducing you to the mechanics, zombies, stuff like that. The second one, as we've mentioned before, was very kind of thrillerish. Um, there's, there's, it's becoming slowly apparent through the second one what's going to happen, and what is happening round about you, and that you're going to have to survive from this at some point. The third one was the kind of really depressing one, where like just. Anything bad that could happen to the poor guy was happening. And the fourth one seemed to, seemed to make it more survival horror-ish. Alright, so it's really really mixing it up like. Yeah, they got a lot of moments of, like, there was a lot of little jump scares in it, which hadn't, haven't really been in it in the series so far, because it's only zombies and it's kind of cartoonish looking. And given that that's what it is, there was a lot of kind of times where I found myself jumping out my skin in this episode. <laughs> nice. It's also added in a new kind of, a new mechanic in the fourth one, where sometimes it throws you behind your gun and it's like, Lee picks up the gun and aims at a group of zombies and you've got a limited time to get them all and you need to hit them in the head. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? And that gets a bit tense as well, do you know what I mean? So, it's done a good, it's done a really good job and I'm, I'm dying to see what they're going to add in this final episode. And I know there's been chat now about making a second series as well and good on them for it, mate. I'm, I'm, bring it on, I say. Yeah, it's been really well received, all all of these episodes so far, mate, and, and I just know that people are going to go mental over the fifth one and really prompt them to go away and, and make a second series. Um, I did notice that The Walking Dead is now properly on iOS, so you can uh, download all the episodes on iOS now. So. All four of them? Is it, uh, I believe so, yeah. Excellent. Is it on iPhone as well, or is it just iPad? I'm not sure, mate. I imagine it is on iPhone. Um, I'd imagine that's a really small screen to play that kind of game on, but yeah, I've played it on this, mate. I'm, I'm quite happy with the format I've got it on, Xbox 360. Excellent. Yeah, it does sound good fun, mate. And I think um, because I can't really get it because of my Eurashame challenge, I might go for the iPad version, if nothing else, just to see how well it translates across it. Yeah, you can tell us all about it then, mate. Definitely. Talking about Walking Dead... You might not have noticed this, mate, but um, series three of the Walking Dead TV show premiered on Friday night. Okay, what channel is this on? It is on FX. That's one I don't get, so that's me out. I'm the same, mate. <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell you how I get a hold of watching this. So let's just assume that I swing by my mum's house and watch a recording of it, okay? Sounds but, fair. So I watched this on Saturday morning, and it's really good, mate. I've, I've criticised the TV show in the past, but I really liked episode one of the new series, mate. It was quite scary for a TV show. Anything scary to you, though, mate? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna call you a fanny again, but you are. Yeah, a fan. I'm a bit of a listen. Actually, I've, I've realised recently I'm not as bad as some other people, and I'll get to that in a bit. Have, have you watched the show at all? 
No, I haven't made no. It's it's certainly on the list, but it's quite a way down the list behind a lot of other things I need to watch. Yeah. I mean there's two there's two factors to take in here. One, Walking Dead a lot of people have criticised this and but it's the same in the comic as well. The Walking Dead could be set to anything. It could be set to an apocalypse, a nu- it could be the aftermath of a nuclear explosion. It's about the survivors. And I think a lot of people have mentioned that the idea that the name The Walking Dead isn't referring to the zombies, it's actually referring to the people. That, oh, okay. Yeah, that they're all basically dead walking, do you know what I mean? And it's just about how long have they got left and stuff like that. So this one, this episode, brings it back to the zombies. And as I say, there's the, two, the second factor I would say is zombies aren't generally scary anymore. Yeah, this, I think there's been a, a lot of zombie overloads. Everything seems to have zombies involved in it in some way, doesn't it? But if you think back to your old um, like Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, some of those films, and even like your old Resident Evil games and stuff like that, where they, they made them really like closing in on you, really tense, dark, situ- like lack of light, lack of space, all that kind of thing, lack of ammo. Do you know what I mean? And this program gets that across. And it's it's the first time I've found myself getting frightened of a zombie thing in ages. If you've not watched it at all, I would recommend the program as a whole. Yeah, as I say, it's on the list, so uh, I, I will get to that, mate. So, Unfortunately, it's not on your Netflix, but I'm sure you'll find it somehow, mate. It, it may just appear in my, on my computer by some means. The last thing I want to talk about is I managed to get to the cinema to see Sinister. Now, I've been looking forward to this for quite a while, mate. Um, it's the same people that made Insidious a couple of years ago. which ins- Yeah, I saw the trailer for this, and um, it, it was one that I was looking at, so uh, try not to spoil it too much. I won't, mate, I won't. What I will say is, uh, I really, really liked it, mate. It's, it's, yeah, there's plenty of jump scares in it, there's plenty of kind of jumpy bits, but a lot of the movie just totally messes with your head. So, you've seen the trailer, haven't you? Yes, man, I saw the trailer um, a couple of times, and uh, yeah, I, I really do want. Right. I mean, you know the family's getting stopped by a figure kind of thing that's in the trailer. Yeah. Right. The jump scares all kind of tend to revolve around that, but you've, you'll have also seen in the thing that he has to watch videos. Okay, I, I know it says that uh, once you've seen him or something. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what that. Basically, yeah, as I say, Without telling you the content of the, the videos, he has to watch a lot of kind of like really creepy videos where some really bad things have went on, and those are really disturbing and they're spread out enough so that you watch the first one and you're like, "Oh, don't like that," and then it just kind of builds from there, and then they wait about fifteen twenty minutes and then f- throw in another one of the videos to watch, and they just get increasingly more dark and twisted. And it's just really creepy, mate. It's one of the first film, films in a long time I found myself walking back from the cinema. And anyone who follows me on Twitter will have seen this at half past two in the morning, walking through town by myself, and it was pretty silent for some reason. And just thinking everyone that I happened to come across in the street was going to murder me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> looking, like walking past a lot of dark alleys and looking down them and thinking, oh my god, is there something in there? Do you know what I mean? You're probably not too wrong around by you, but... Um... No, okay. no, but it's probably more likely other activities that are going on rather than murdering. Um, <laughs> but yeah, mate, I absolutely loved it. It's probably one of the best uh, horror movies I've seen in a long time. It probably matches the, f- the film Wreck okay. as one of my, my scariest modern horror films. 
Uh, I definitely advise going to it. One of the things, and I mentioned this earlier on, about me being surprised at how, how afraid other people are at the cinema, and I'm not as bad as other people. As I said last week, I went to see Paranormal Activity 4, and I've been to see this recently, and what I've noticed is, you don't get this with any other genre as much, but people like to talk through horror movies. Oh, Especially the scary bits. Yeah, there's a lot of that been going on, and people are trying to laugh at bits that aren't even funny, and trying to make jokes through it and stuff like that, and I just thought, do you know, you're only just doing it because you're actually terrified of the movie, and you're trying not to be, you're trying to make yourself out to be this big hard man. Just enjoy the movie. At one point, there was a guy on his phone in the row behind me. Oh, I'd have, I'd have had to throw him at myself, mate. Yeah, I was pretty annoyed at that, mate. But it's not the first time I've, I've came across that either, mate. It's, it's happened before. But, yeah, just the sheer ignorance of people. And why do people go and see horror movies if they're scared of them then? If they feel they need to talk through it to get through it? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Mate. Um, I've thought this many times. And um, I don't think you'll ever get rid of all these idiots. No, but rant over, mate, and also that's what I've been up to, so what about yourself, mate, or what have you been up to, sorry? Yeah, I've not been up to a great deal, mate, to be honest. Um, it hasn't been a great deal of time since we recorded the last episode, to be honest, and um, obviously I'll do the editing duties and stuff, so um, I haven't had a massive amount of game time. I've been I've been plowing a bit more time into Mass Effect, I'm still going through that, and I'm not going to bore you with that, because I say it every time, and I'll be playing that for the next 20 years, um, probably. I hope not, the time's ticking. <laughs> yeah. um, iOS-wise, I've, I've played a fantastic little game. Um, nothing to do with horror, unfortunately, but um, it's a fantastic name, game nonetheless, and I really need to talk about it. Um, I did recommend it to you. Have you played Hard Lines yet? I did, mate. I got a chance to play it today. Yeah, what a fantastic little game, mate. Essentially, it's... Um, an evolution of Snake. So you can imagine, like the um, the Pac-Man games have been brought up to date with the uh, Championship Edition and stuff like that. This really you could see as partly uh, a Champion Edition sort of version of Snake crossed with the light bikes out of Tron. That's what I was gonna I was gonna bring up the whole like because was the Snake not already kind of like uh, taken from the light bikes? Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's it's but Snake, you're on your own, aren't you? With this one, you have got lots of uh, different lines to go against. But you play this little line called Lionel, and uh, the the highlights of the game is the humour. Um, this game's been made by Nick Olhunt, who's um, a real good indie indie developer, um, alongside Spilt Milk Studios, and um, the humour that's been put into the game is just fantastic, mate. If you play through the actual Snake mode, it's got like a running. Uh, conversation or a running monologue of what the lion's saying to you and he's telling jokes to you and he's saying things um, like little insults and all sorts of little things he's saying um, and that coupled with the fantastic music that's going on at the same time is it's just really good mate it's, it's so deep a game um, and you can get some real good scores going on there and just everything comes together and it's just perfect indie sort of game for me yeah I've been enjoying it mate and I can see where you're coming from with the with this, it's definitely light bikes it's definitely, that's what, what I definitely get the the, the connection, but you still have the little collectibles and stuff to get extra points. So I can see where you're getting the snake from as well. And yeah, I'm quite enjoying it. I like the little speech bubbles that are coming up when you kill people, like "Why me? Please don't." Things like that. I'm enjoying that kind of thing as well. My my high score isn't 
close to what yours is, but I've only just started playing it, so I'll probably let you know what I think next time. Yeah, there's loads of different modes as well, so you can all have lots of different high scores. There might be one that you're better better than me at, and uh, vice versa. So try all the different modes as well, and especially there's um, every day there's like a daily challenge thing, and it's um, a set challenge to go for from one of the modes. So it might be collect a hundred glowy things, or kill fifty lines, or loads of different ones like that, or stay alive for for three minutes or something like that. So there's lots of different uh, daily challenges. Come on, it keeps it fresh. And uh, the Game Center integration is really good as well. It's that sort of thing like the Geo Wars, where you've always got the next high score up in the right-hand side that you're going yeah. for. Um, so it pushes you on that more to, to get those scores and pass your mates. Um, it's not a free game, but I don't think this should be. I think it's so good that it couldn't ever be a free game. But it's well worth the money to pay out for it. So um, if you're interested in this kind of game, from what we've said, um, go and take a look at it, definitely. Um, with that out of the way, the meat of what I'm going to talk about is what we've both been playing over the last week or so. Um, after you'd played Fear 2 last time, we, we said we were going to try and play through Fear 3 because that's full co-op all the way through. And um, we actually managed to go and do that. And what a time we had, mate. Yes, we did, mate. It was a fantastic time. I, I wasn't expecting it to be this good. I thought it'd be a good game, um, given that for the co-op, you go as um, the one guy, I can't remember his name. Pointman. Point man, that's it. You go as him, and he's you go as his dead brother as well. The the co-op partner goes as the ghost of his dead brother. So fettle, um, fettle, yeah, yeah. It's quite a weird concept. Um, playing as two different people in that sort of way, it's not been done before, I don't think, um, or I certainly haven't played a game like that before. But once we'd uh, got a handle on the mechanics and working out the things that I could do and the things you could do and how those things could interact, the game just came alive for me and. Um, yeah, I, I was loving every minute of it, as you know. Yeah, essentially, you and I had completely different experiences, didn't we? So, as I say, I was I was more of a kind of straightforward first-person shooter, except I had the, that ability where I could slow down time and put us both into bullet time, which came in handy once or twice. But you, on the other hand, well, tell us what you could do, mate. I could do all sorts, mate. Couldn't I? I was I was a pretty badass character. Um, the fettle, yeah, because he's a uh, a ghost. He's got a, a massive range of powers. Um, all on the all on the left trigger. That it all depends what you're pointing at as to what you do. So I could use my psychic power to shield you from enemies. Um, so make you essentially invincible for a while. And I could like hide around a corner, and make you invincible while you're out in the open. Um, I could also possess one of the enemies, which was the craziest part of it. Because um, if say a group of enemies were coming towards us, I could go and possess the guy at the back. Um, I could either just grab him and lift him up for you to shoot him, or I could actually get inside his body, um, take over his weapon, and start killing all his mates from behind. So um, yeah. it just gave different methods of, of taking out groups of enemies. Definitely, mate. That's when shit got corporal, wasn't it? I wish you could say it properly. Shit got corporeal, yes, mate, it did. So um, that joke was around every five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be saying I'm repetitive. Pardon? Don't be saying I'm repetitive. <laughs> yeah, I, the one thing I would point out about this though was there wasn't as many horror mo- moments in this as there was in Fear 2, but there was still enough. I thought, it was. The, I think the whole co-op thing and stuff like that, you're, you're too busy having a laugh with your mate and stuff like that. I don't think it would have done it justice having so many kind of bits where you're being led around by ghosts and stuff like that, so... 
maybe that disappointed me a little bit. But apart from that, the shooting was pretty was pretty tight, wasn't it? I like I like that. I, I don't know what engine they use for that game, but I like the whole the way the scenery comes away when you shoot it. You can kind of destroy that a little bit. Um, I love the mechs. Yeah, you were really into the mechs, weren't you? There weren't as many mech bits as I imagined there would be, but um, there were enough, I think, spread throughout the game. And certainly towards the end, as you were getting more into um, the more built-up areas of enemies, there were, there were more mech moments, weren't there? Definitely. And you were, you were loving that. Um, and I could also possess a body and take it and drive a mech myself, Which as I found out a bit later on. Yeah, I was going to say, unfortunately, you didn't figure that out. We'd went through two mech sections before you actually discovered this. Yeah, I was having too much fun just uh, making people explode, mate, to be honest with you. Yeah. Can it give me a chance to feel more badass anyway, considering how, how overpowered your guy was? Yeah, I don't know if it was so much overpowered. I just think um, that was probably more me rushing ahead and, and just wanting to use all these all these powers like over and over again. Yeah. Um, we played through on, I think, the middle level of difficulty. And I think it'd be good if we could go back and maybe play on the harder one and switch round characters so we can both get both sides of it. Yeah, I'm dying Plus, you had that little bit at the end, and I'm not, we won't say what actually happened at the end, but you have that little bit where, depending on who did the best in the game, you get different endings, don't you? So, obviously, your character won this time, and it was quite close, wasn't it? It was only, like, a few hundred points, am I right? It was. Uh, the way you can play the game, you can either do it... Um, purely cooperative like we did or do it as a bit of a competitive competition so um, dotted around all the levels there's some bodies there and you can absorb the psychic power from these bodies or you can carry out certain challenges like um, kill a number of enemies from behind or um, get a number of headshots and all different things like that there's so many different challenges you can do and these add up to your points to turn it into this possibly competitive game um, as you're saying that, that drives the ending from uh, what your outcome has, has been from that that competitive play. I found the level design was really interesting in this, mate. Yeah, um, you'd said this a few times while we were playing it. You were quite impressed. Yeah, because you had some of the some parts. It was a corridor shooter, so you um, you had your bits of cover to move between and um, sneak up on your enemies like in a normal corridor fashion sort of way. And um, the general things like um, catwalks above areas and, and stuff like that. But also you had some outdoor bits, which were used really well. So there was a, a good little mixture between those two types of levels. And I was really surprised that one of the levels was actually outdoors and kind of daylight. It was kind of like dawn, wasn't it? Yeah, because of what's going on in the game, um, t- it takes place over the course of, what, a whole day or a, or a day and a half, maybe? Something like that, yeah. So you, you experience all those different times of the day. Certainly some of the levels were, were very dark, but some of them, like you say, were outside and a bit brighter, and it does help that there was a, a big glowing thing in the sky, I suppose. The one thing I would ask, what is the point in giving your character a torch when any time it becomes dark and then so obviously scary, suddenly it doesn't work right, it starts flickering all the time? <laughs> what, why even bother yeah. giving us it? Just don't give Spooking us the torch. Spooking us for the sake of it, yeah. yeah. I've got a question as well, mate, actually. Um, you remember at one point during the game, we saved some woman from a load of soldiers, and then she suddenly just seemed to disappear, and we didn't know where she was, and she didn't actually come back for the rest of the game. Is that a spoiler? No, not really, mate, because... Because there's nothing to spoil. Yeah. <laughs> so that was bizarre. Um, that that was never answered for me, so um, I don't know. Perhaps it'll come back in fear for... Maybe because we talk a lot over the game. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe, maybe there was some sort of exposition in there. I don't know. Yeah, um, fantastic game. So, um, yeah, pick it up. It's, it comes highly recommended by me, at least. Definitely by me as well. 
Especially for a co-op game. So that's about all, mate, really. Um, I haven't had a great deal of game time since the last time we recorded, so um, the floor is yours. What else have you got for me? Well, I mentioned this to you last week, mate, and I hadn't gotten it all together, but now I have, and I've got a, a little thing I want to do with you, mate. I think you'll enjoy this. All right, that sounds ominous. I'm going to call I'm going to call this section, and I might make it semi-regular. What Jace could have been playing. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to compile a list of games, and I'm going to ask you how upset you are at not being able to play these, because... You're doing your, you're the same challenge and you can't buy any games, basically. So this is basically make me be really sad? Yes. Okay, go on then. Yeah. This sounds, um, sounds a bit harsh. <laughs> right, so you tell me on a scale of 1 to 5 how, how upset you are at not being able to play these games. Right. Medal of Honor Warfighter. Uh, is 1 the highest or the lowest? Lowest. Okay. Um, 2. Uninspiring. You're not bothered, right? Resident Evil 6. One. Do not want. Do not want. Pokemon Black and White 2. Two. Not really asked. <laughs> right, here comes the big ones. I'm going to go for XCOM. I haven't played an XCOM game for a long, long time, but um, people are raving about it all over the Twitters. Yeah. Um, I think I'm missing out on something here, but I don't exactly know what. Uh, I didn't play a Euro game either, which was a bit silly. Well, that's um, probably, it's probably for the I'll, best. I'll go middle of the road. I'll call it three. Three for that one. Uh, here comes the big boys. I know you like your driving games, so I'm going to ask Forza Horizon, which just came out today. Oh, Forza. That's a, that's a harsh one, mate. Um, I really would like to play it. It's, it's not the biggest one I'm looking forward to, as you know, but um, probably a four, because I've been really getting into my Forza 4 recently as well. So, yeah, call I, it a four. Out of five. So you're saying you're going to give a four for Forza because you like Forza four? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go <Come> on then. <laughs> and finally, this is the big one. This is the one I know you like. So, Dishonored. Yes, um, this is annoying me, actually. Um, I know that lots of people have finished it now and people are going, oh, I might go for another run and not be seen by anyone or I might go for another run and go all balls out and I can't go for a run through it at all. So, yeah, quite pissed off at that one. Um, I'd say that's probably a five on the disappointment scale. Yeah, (laughs) thanks for that. Awesome. We're only maybe a month or so in and there's already ones coming out that are teasing you, but... You know you're going to get a lot of this before Christmas because we're going to get all the big hitters coming out. So, yeah, I'm sure you're going to spend the next few months really getting to me with this one. So um, this can be your little regular thing. Go on. No, no, I'll be nice to you. <laughs> I'm sure you will. <laughs> right after that, now I need to take a bit of a break, um, and I'm going to get you back. So during the break, you may not know that I was recording when we were playing Fear the other day, and oh. uh, with you being a bit of a girl that you are. You might find out that uh, I might have recorded some of your girly screaming. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that might be nice for people to listen to. So everybody enjoy listening to uh, me and Will being a bit scared playing Fear 3. Due to the nature of this montage, if you've got anybody with sensitive ears in the uh, vicinity, you might want to skip forward for about four minutes. And um, yeah, we'll be back after. Oh, fucking 
Oh shit, 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 shit. Get off me, you horrible fucking bastard. Dragged away, then I got into this carriage. And there was a body by this door, and it just got dragged away <laughs> right in front of me. Oh, and again, fucking hell! Did you see that? <laughs> Something's dragging bodies away, man. Keep going. You can lead. Fuck this. <laughs> Oof. That scream gets me every time. Whoa! What the fuck was that? <laughs> This little fucking thing just ran across there. Whoa, whoa! Shit! <laughs> it's the fact that you can't shoot him. Oh, I'm wading through bodies, needy. Oh, shit! Shit! She just appeared right in front of my face. <laughs> sure some of those screams were yours as well. Maybe not the loudest ones, but some of them are in there. Yeah, it, uh, there, there were a few moments, mate. Um, but that's just testament to uh, a nice scary game, so um, they've, they've obviously done their job. Yeah. 
so as it's Halloween, and we simply talk about uh, games in the horror genre and stuff, and um, just scary sort of games in general, really. We're going to talk a bit later on about the top horror moments. We've been uh, getting the question out on Twitter and stuff, so people have sent in some good answers for that. But before that, let's talk about some of the uh, scary games we've played. Um, what do you think from back in the day, mate? Um, because obviously I started playing games before you, or get in before you do this time. Um, and back when I started playing, there weren't really, there wasn't really the opportunity to make games as scary as they are now, obviously with the graphical capabilities and stuff. We had things um, of a horror sort of thing, like uh, Night Law, where the guy turned into a werewolf and stuff like that. But it's difficult to be really scared when it's isometric and it's all yellow on black screens. Um Something that was a, a bit more scary was text adventures, because that was all kind of like a book playing on your own imagination. Um, and some of the things that the situations that those put you in could be fairly scary. Um, and then you had things like ghosts and goblins coming in, so there was more horror elements there with the ghosts and the, the zombies and that sort of thing. But really, back then, I, di- I didn't really have um, many scares, to be honest with you. What about your early scare experiences, Will? Well, Obviously, as you said, I'm a bit later on than you, and I did have a go on Ghosts and Goblins back in the day, but I think the scariest thing about that was just the difficulty. (laughs) As we mentioned earlier on, recently I was on the Game Boss podcast, and I mentioned Resident Evil 1, that was my first horror game, and I had to play that, I was too young when it came out, but my uncle rented it, and I was staying overnight with him. And I had to spend the entire night pretending to be asleep underneath the covers and watching them playing Resident Evil 1. So that's probably my earliest experience. And I didn't actually play any of them until Resident Evil 2 came out. So really the Resident Evil series is what what started me off with horror games. That's a good place to start, mate. Good as any. But yeah, mate, there's, there's been loads since then. And we'll probably talk about some of them later on. Because it tends to be like a lot of the a lot of the horrors from back in those days were... Seem to be the ones that have stayed popular. Yeah, they've all built on the foundations um, and brought things through into like um, the newer generations with more 3D stuff and uh, more chance to, to put more textures in and stuff like that and, and just really immerse you more in, in the games and stuff. Yeah, exactly, mate. Um, one of the other things I wanted to ask you about was what kind of other horror games stand out for you? Aside from the ones we're going to talk about later on, what, what games stand out for you as horrors? See, I was trawling through my memories trying to think of um, scary games. Um, does Pac-Man count as a horror because you're being chased around by ghosts and stuff? Is that is that one? Yeah, it's either that or else it's just a bizarre like acid adventure. I don't know. <laughs> I can't really yeah, tell. It's probably, it's probably half and half. Yeah, that one. He's definitely getting chased around by ghosts. <laughs> so that's something. There's um, one you spoke about not too many episodes ago. Um, Half-Life 2? I know you were pretty scared about that one, yeah. weren't you? Yeah, no, the whole game isn't a survival horror, but you do get the zombies in that are quite quite terrifying. And you've got that whole Ravenholm section, which probably lasts about an hour or so, where it just yeah. becomes a complete survival horror, and everything's dark, you can barely see anything, your ammo's running really low, and you're having to find things from the environment to kill them with, and you're swarmed by zombies, so especially that you get that little bit where... You're on the roof and you have to defend the roof and you have you're, you're hearing the pipes rattling as those really scary ones are climbing up the pipes towards you. Yeah. So that, yeah, that definitely stands out. Another one, um, more recently, uh, was Alan Wake. 
And I thought that that did a good job of being quite scary. The the enemies had a, did a good job of kind of not making much noise until they were actually attacking you, so they could creep on up on you quite quite a lot. And obviously, that game uses light in a really good way because your your torch is actually kind of your weapon. So running out of light not only makes it terrifying, but you're also very naked and can't fight the enemies. Yeah, I think that's one I need to get a hold of when I can do, mate, because um, I've not I've not played this, and people have mixed opinions about it, but certainly as far as scary things go, it, it's, there's a lot of scope there for it to be uh, quite a jumpy one. Yeah, it's not the most accomplished one, mate. It's not the most terrifying game, but there are plenty of decent jumpy moments, and there was plenty of bits where I was quite hesitant to move forward and stuff like that. And I think the shooter mechanics are really good in it as well, so I, th- I think you would enjoy it. Right, another one from my pile of weirdness that might not be scary. Um, picture the scene, you're playing Minecraft, and you're uh, going down a random cave section, and you hear that... Yeah, you've heard that yeah. sound, and then you hear that... As there's a creeper behind you. That's pretty scary. Surely that's horror. Actually, there's a little bit... If you remember, I'd actually pointed out to you that I thought the zombie sound effects in Minecraft is, uh, well. Actually, some of the most terrifying zombie noises I'd heard. See, so that one counts then. Yeah, oh, yeah. My list isn't totally empty. Being deep down a dungeon and running out of torches, maybe. That's it when you've got no torches left. You, your swords run out and uh, you can hear those those sounds through the... You can hear them through the walls and that as well. That's the scary bit. You, they could be in the same part as you or they could be through a wall. And you, you know that if you take the wrong brick out... <laughs> here they come. Coming out of the goddamn walls! <laughs> nice reference. <laughs> A couple of other ones that I would, I would probably bring up was... One was Fahrenheit. Did you ever play this? No, I've not played that one at all. No, this was the same people who made Heavy Rain. And the first one was a bit more thrillerish than horror, I would give it, but it was still pretty creepy. And this was the first one that tried to attempt the whole interactive movie thing. And it kind of starts off, the first scene where... You kind of wake up in the middle of a murder scene that you caused and you're having to try and hide evidence and stuff like that. And quite often in the game, there's like kind of creepy things chasing you around, but I think it might be more of a mental thing that's going on in his head. So yeah, I remember that being pretty frightening to play alone and I had to play it with a group of mates to get through it. And the last thing I think I'll probably mention is Project Zero. Uh, Now I played this way back on, I think it was the PlayStation 2 I played it on. Uh, did you ever play this? Or it was called Fatal Frame in America, from anyone listening? I have seen it. Um, I, I think I might have played it a little bit, but um, it's sketchy. Right, the idea about this one is it was a kind of Japanese thing, and you had a lot of the the little girl in the white dress kind of thing that was going about in the day. And the idea was you, you had a camera, and they were going along the lines of taking pictures of, of the ghosts stole their soul, and therefore, yeah. and therefore caused them damage. But one of the mechanics of the game was you got you caused more damage and therefore used up less film. Like if you took the the best pictures, which were really up close pictures and like really centered pictures, so you were having to play this like really horrible game of chicken where you were letting them get really close and almost about to damage you before you would take the picture. Kind of like an actual scary version of the uh, first Dead Rising. Yes, very much like that. Yeah, there was a part in that where. Because it was like little girls, and there was there were the people in this house before had been doing rituals on them, like horrible, maybe demonic rituals and stuff like that. 
And one of the ghosts that you would see often would be like kind of little girls floating about with no eyes, like just like, blood where their eyes should be. And you would find out later on that they'd done this thing where they poked out both of their eyes using this device. And oh, nice. And they would just kind of wander about and they couldn't see. It would only be if you made any noise. And they would just be kind of wandering about going, there's no one here. Do you know what I mean? And, yeah. and then they would just become suddenly really scary and violent once they actually spotted you or heard you. And came mm, came country, so that that was pretty terrifying, mate. And I really, I, I definitely couldn't play that one alone. I had to play that with a couple of mates at the time as well because I just couldn't get through it. <laughs> <laughs> you like your hand holding, don't you? I do, mate. Uh, last one I'm going to throw in the mix for other games uh, on the arcade: House of the Dead. That was proper horrorish, wasn't it? With the uh, shooting all the the different monster things going through the house. It was, mate. Um, I didn't play it on the arcade. I played it on the Dreamcast, and actually, oh, I got to play one of them on an arcade. Surely that that House of the Dead four machine got into every blooming building in the world. I think I did later on in life. I got to go on it, but certainly not first. My first experience was definitely on the Dreamcast with a light okay. gun, and I think it was the exact same game, mate. It was, yeah. Um, I think it was House of the Dead two on the Dreamcast. Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd played. I think I've played all of them um, at some point or another on the arcade, and. It's one of the greatest games you can play in the arcade, but it's one of those ones that rips the money out of your pocket, mate, because you have to keep pumping the credits in. Um, but yeah, quite a scary one, and uh, and quite a horrorish one for this section. Yeah, I, did you ever finish that? I don't think so, mate. I don't think I had enough money for that. Obviously, we played it in the Dreamcast, I didn't have to have money, and you could, like, I think you got nine credits on the easiest difficulty. So, I think I managed to finish it on easy at one point, and it's quite, cool. quite cool. Actually, the... The theme tune for fighting the last boss is actually one of those tunes that still, every so often, I still kind of remember it and listen to it on YouTube and stuff like that. It's really cool. Look that one up. Yeah, nice one. So, should we talk about um, your favourite horror game? I, I know you like the Resident Evils and that, but um, is one of those going to be your favourites, or have you got something else to uh, bring into the equation? No, the not one of those. It's the game that stands out for me most, the one that, that scared me the most at the time, it's definitely Silent Hill 2. Okay. Now, now this was the one that kind of took the sidestep. It was not. It wasn't. Although it took place in the, in the actual place, Silent Hill, it wasn't a direct sequel to one. It was a whole new story, a whole new character, which we weren't used to at the time, and it was just pretty terrifying, mate. The this guy didn't have some rational reason. Like when you played the first one, the your guy had the rational reason. He was chasing after his daughter who'd gone missing. In this game, your guy was had received a letter from his dead wife telling him to come to Silent Hill and you're spending the game trying to get to her when you know she's dead, you know he can't get to her. So I felt the motivation was a bit weird and everything just feels not right in the game. And you, you're you coming across characters in it and I think this was the one where you came across the most like other characters in the game and none of those seem right either. They all have like weird problems and it starts to become apparent as you play through the game that Maybe I'm something not really, like, maybe like a dream or something like that that you're playing through. Yeah. And this was also the inclusion of the, the first ever appearance of uh, Pyramid Head. And I'm sure you've seen Pyramid Head. Yeah, before. I've seen that from the film. Yeah. Right? And this is one of the things that, that gets me, it, it really gets my goat, mate, is that Pyramid Head is very specific to this story. He, he is the prison guard from this story that I, I don't want to go too far into it because I think with the HD collection being out, people can still go back and play this now 
and I would really, I would really get people to do it. But Pyramid Head is very specific to this story, and I felt people, people later on with the movie and stuff like that, they felt, oh, we need to start putting Pyramid Head into everything. And now, as I say, the games are starting to follow suit as well. But this is when he really comes into his own, and he does the whole, the whole nemesis thing as well, where he kind of chases you about the game, and you think, oh, I've gone into this room, I'm safe from him now, and just after a couple of seconds, he'll come back through and chase you as well. Is one of them that um, manages to chase you without ever moving fast. He's just walking. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so he's pretty terrifying. He also has the big Siegfried sword from Soul Calibur as well. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> the Buster sword, as I used to call he's, it. He's, he's a badass enemy like. Yeah. There is a really cool and powering part in the game where you actually get one of his swords because um, you, you can find one of them lying around and you get to pick it up and kill enemies with it. And for most of the enemies, it's a one-shot kill. But, my God, does it take a long time to swing. <laughs> yeah, I bet. It looks quite heavy. Yeah, but it is, that was really fun. Uh, there's a couple of right bad moments in that as well. Especially that was that was when they really brought in the whole... When you go to the, the hospital, they brought in the whole nurses that can't really see you. And you have to move past them silently and stuff like that. So that was all pretty cool as well. But yeah, just overall, that was that was probably my best one. What about you? Mine's another weird choice. It's not particularly horrorish, but certainly contains a lot of uh, valid horror and scary moments. Um, I want to call Bioshock. Hmm. Well, it certainly is a horror game. There's, a, there's enough moments in it, to, I would say, to to justify you, you saying that. So, what what stands out for this for you? Um, it's it starts out like. Right from the early bit where you first get out of the bathysphere and stuff, um, and you're going into Rapture, and you've got that one, um, you've got enemies like skittering around on the ceiling, and then you first start hearing the enemies talking, having these dark conversations and stuff, and obviously with the the whole Art Deco style and the, uh, going through Rapture as well, there's, there's all these little dark bits, and then uh, as you progress through, you've got, you first start seeing the little sisters and, and any little girls in any sort of media that are uh, behaving like they do, they're scary enough on their own. And to make it worse, you start hearing the big thudding footsteps of the big daddies as they're walking around. You don't quite know where they are and you're hiding out and you know that this thing's going to gank you if it finds you. Um, yeah, those those moments all together just, just bring a real horror element to the game. And yeah, it isn't, as I say, it's not pure horror, but... Um, yeah, scary enough for me. Did you finish Bioshock? Yes, mate. I finished the first one. Um, I've got the second one on the shelf to play, but um, I'm looking forward to that one. Second one's very underrated. It's good. But seeing as you've finished it, would you kindly tell me your scariest moment in the game? Oh, scariest moment. Um, it's been a while since I've played it, but one that certainly springs to mind, and uh, you'll know this one, you made to watch a film, which is by Andrew Ryan, um, you're in a room and you're watching this film. And uh, so you hear something happening around you and um, you look across and you can see that the splicers are trying to get into this room um, and they're all they're all gathering there and all trying to get to you and you, you, you start worrying and you, you think they're all going to get in and get to you. Um, and then when the film finishes, you've got to get out of there pretty quick, sharp, and um, that, that's pretty tense, that bit. Yeah, because you get that thing in it where, where's this going to take, where, where's this been taken? Am I going to have to fight all these? And you don't know how you're prepared to fight them either. So it was that really tense moment. I do. I remember that bit. It was really cool. There was a few bits like that, but um, I, I can't remember them all. And 
I, I really should go through that game again, to be honest. Uh, do you have time? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> I'll stick with the second one and hope that uh, sorts me out instead. So as you said before, mate, we, we put the word out to Twitter. So we've compiled a list of the top five scariest moments in horror games, mostly put together from the tweets that we've had from your lovely selves. So do you want to start off with number five, Jess? Yeah, we'll go from five. Um, this was driven by me, actually. This, this was my one for the list. Um, this is going from personal experience as well. The first time I played this game, I was late to the party. Um, the game was left for dead. People had already played it before me, so they knew what was going on. I really didn't, so I was just wandering around, getting away from the pack and stuff, and, and getting told off. And then, you'll know the sound... The sound of the witch singing in the corner. Oh, God. And uh, I didn't know what this was. So I was told, yeah, go on, go and investigate and see what's going on. And you can imagine, um, when I woke up the witch for the first time, it was quite scary. And um, I swore a lot. Well, you ganked. (laughs) Mate, she ripped me apart, mate. It was, um, yeah, it was a a nightmarish little moment. Yeah. And you've not got around to playing Left 4 Dead 2 yet, haven't you? Have you? No, I think we need, we still need to um, get through the first one together so I can play the second one, but we'll we'll get to that. There's an expansion on the witch that I'm not going to tell you what happens, but just all I'm saying is there's worse. <laughs> oh, great. That's all I need to know. <laughs> well, we have that for next Halloween, shall we? Yeah. Number four, we've got... And I've, I've combined a few of these together, but I'm going to pick the scariest from this series, and in Dead Space 2, there's a part where you go into a kind of nursery... And there's some really freaky kind of baby monster things that come after you. And, oh my god, terrifying. We got that suggestion from Lethal G-Man. But we've also had a few people mentioning Dead Space. We've also had Adamski. And he said that even when he was at Eurogamer testing it a couple of years back, in the middle of the show floor with everyone round about him, he still managed to be quite scared of that game. Yeah, that says a lot about the game. If uh, in that environment it can still scare you, that, um, that's pretty cool. Epic Tone Dog has also wrote in and said that his first experience fighting one of the Necromorphs without even having a gun and just having to run away from it was, was pretty terrifying for him as well. And and can I concur, there's, there's a lot of scary moments in those games. The monsters don't attack when they're behind you if you haven't spotted them yet. It's like the weight... So there's a lot of little moments where they've creeped up silently and they're stood right behind you and it's not until you turn round to walk the opposite way that you you just turn face to face with one. <laughs> At least a lot of like kind of uh, personalised moments where it's not like a spe- specific thing, it's just you didn't happen to notice that one and it'll, it'll scare the bejesus out of you. The, the worst thing I can actually think of is the opening of Dead Space 2. There's a, you kind of wake up and you're strapped down to a table with a straitjacket on. Even the doctor who's looking at you suddenly transforms into one of the things round about you. And all you can do is just sit there and scream. Because you can't, you can't do anything to it. And you have to spend a lot of the first part of the game, like a good 5-10 minutes, running around with no arms. And just oh, running, running away from things. <laughs> and it, it's really, really scary, mate. Well, number three on the list um, has been sent in by our good friend uh, Fury Ace. And Stuart said, um, fear one in the steam tunnels. Um, and we know what this is all about. Um, all the fear games have, have got this. You've got the little girl, Alma, 
that appears around. And as you've said before, um, in the first one, she's actually against you. And um, I can see how that'd be a scary moment. It's obviously not one I've played, but um, Stu's saying down in the steam tunnels when Alma's running at you, she's a scary little girl. Yeah, that bit kind of stood out for me as well. I think that was the first bit where Fear 3 really, Fear 1, sorry, started to get quite scary. Uh, it'd been a shooter up to this point. I think this is in the first chapter. You're in the, the bills of the building. You're in amongst the old steam tunnels and there's steam everywhere so you can barely see where you're going. It's pretty dark and there's not there's not many enemies to shoot. It's more about the whole horror aspect at this point. There's also a, a really creepy bit where you're climbing up a ladder and just as you get to the top of the ladder she stood there and you kind of jump back down but when you get when you go back up she's not there anymore thankfully. Talking of fear, obviously as we said earlier we've both played through Fear 3 recently and there's one of the bits in there which really got me. Um, you remember when we were going through a big like shopping centre and there's a section where it's all pitch black except for there's loads, loads of TVs like all out on displays and stuff um, and the, the TVs are on but they haven't got any pictures on, they're just, they're just um, rolling noise screens on the, on, the, on the TVs. You're walking through together and you can hear something running around and then you see these little shadows run across the front of the screens or a screen gets knocked over in front of you as you're walking through that bit was probably the scariest bit of Fear 3 yeah I mean that that bit really seemed to get you as well that seemed to be the bit that got you the most in that game and uh, a few of those screams from earlier were probably from that bit I think (laughs) (laughs) and uh, you had a couple of appearances of Alma in that bit as well Um, again when you're walking up a ladder um, yeah you don't want to walk to the top of the ladder and see that there do you no, no. It was very personalised as well for you because sometimes it was me that was getting the Alma sightings and sometimes it would be you and we were kind of telling them about it and I th- actually thought that was a bit freakier. Like, hearing your reaction and you being like, she's in here. That's it. Sometimes <laughs> it depends who was going forward and who was lagging behind, didn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah, really good. I've been a bit selfish for number two. I've chosen my own one from Silent Hill 3. And I think it deserves to be in here, mate. I think this, for, for for me, I think this is the most terrifying thing that's ever happened in a game. But we were kind of overwhelmingly beat by the amount of votes for the for number one. But we'll get into that in a minute. Now, there's a part in Silent Hill Three. I think I believe it's in the hospital section of the game. You go into a room. It's been used for something dodgy. This room. You go into the room, and all there is in the room is a bathtub and a full length mirror on the back wall. Yeah, mirrors are never good in a uh, horror situation, are they? No, mate, and I have a thing about mirrors as well, mate. I've got this weird thing. I don't like walking past mirrors in the dark and stuff like that. I know it's a bit pansy, but who cares? It freaks me out a little bit. You've been watching too many horror films. That's your problem. Pretty much, mate, pretty much. But, you, so you go into this room, you take a little look about, you check the bathtub, there's nothing to be found, nothing to be done. So you go to walk away, and as you try to unlock the door, suddenly the door's locked behind you. Oh, hang on a minute, something's going on here. <laughs> so as you're walking around the room trying to find like, maybe something in the room that makes sense, suddenly your reflection in the mirror just stops, even though you're walking around. And while you're watching it, it's like the bathtub in the mirror ref- reflection version. It's like this dark, horrible liquid starts coming out and starts moving across the room towards your character and just completely covers her. It then starts to, your screen starts to go black. At this point, you're trying, you're frantically trying this door to see if it'll open, and just as it looks as if it's about to take you, the door opens and you can run out, kind of thing. <laughs> and I remember being absolutely terrified of this. Like, 
remember I was sitting watching this with my mate, and I remember he was just absolutely like, oh shit, oh no, what's happening, what's happening, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah, that for me that's probably one of the most terrifying things that's ever that's been in a game. It's just the sheer suspense of what's about to happen to me. I say the suspense is um, the the best part of horror for me. So that just leaves number one, mate. Yeah, number one was um, as as you've said, we we had a, a number of responses for number one, and a lot of people were all um, coming out with the same moment. So it must be uh, a powerful moment for a lot of people. This is another one that you're going to have to lead with mate because I don't remember it um, it's from the series I don't like very much Resident Evil so tell us all about the section where you're going down a corridor and you have some dogs coming through a window that's about it mate nothing happens is that it? <laughs> no mate it's, Great. <laughs> it's, it's picture this as you will mate you're, you're playing Resident Evil you're already used to the whole zombies the slow zombies coming at you and there's a part where as I say, it's very early in the game. You're walking down this corridor and it's just a long, narrow corridor with loads of windows. And just as you get about halfway through it, all the windows smash at the same time really loudly and dogs come pouring in the windows like these horrible demon monster dogs. Like the Hound of the Baskerville sort of dogs. Yes. And I don't think by this time you're equipped to fight them, so all you can do is run to the other end of the corridor and get out of there and then you have this whole dread of when you're coming back and you're like the only way you get back through is to go through that corridor again and oh, it's just pretty no. horrible mate as I've said and I mentioned on Game Bus as well this was the po- point that it nearly got me caught hiding under the covers and watching the game because I pat my chance let's see <laughs> um, also interestingly enough do you know do you know they made a a remake of Resident Evil 1 for the GameCube. Yeah. They do this bit really well because you go through that corridor expecting that fright and it doesn't happen. And it's not until the second time you're going through it on the way back. <laughs> Alright, so it's already giving you a false sense of security. Yeah. <laughs> so, I like that as well. It must be a powerful moment for a game of that age to still be top of the list for a lot of people. And for that moment to still be stuck in people's brains. I mean, Resident Evil 1 came out a, a number of years ago, and uh, yeah, it's it's overwhelmingly the, the top response we got. Definitely, mate. And it's one of those things where it was the first real kind of full 3D horror game that we that all of us got a chance to play. Do you know what I mean? So we weren't used to that kind of thing, and it, it definitely stood out. Uh, and the Res- Resident Evil series kind of continued for a few years to give us these kind of brown trousers moments as well. What I would say is there's a couple of bits that stand out for me in the other games. Uh, in Resident Evil 2, for instance, there's a bit when you first get introduced to a new enemy type called the Licker. What happens is you're walking through the police station and just before you go to walk through a door, there's a window beside you and you just see a glimpse of this thing running past the window. And and that's when you're kind of like, oh no. <laughs> and as you walk into the corridor, for some reason, I, you don't you know something's about to happen because for some reason the camera is all the way from the other end of the corridor looking towards you. Do you know what I mean? Oh, I see, yeah. And as you start to walk through the corridor, it suddenly just co- comes into the, uh, the frame. This big, horrible thing that just looks like it's had its skin turned inside out. Like you can see its brain on top of its head and all the muscles and tendons. Only it has big, massive, sharp claws and a long, razor-sharp tongue. Just coming at you, and that was pretty terrifying as well. And you've also got the thing of um, Resident Evil Three, 
you have um, Nemesis in yeah. that one, and there's a couple of right good brown trouser moments in that as well, where in Resident Evil you're generally safe. If you can run past the zombies and through a door, they can't get you. But there's a few bits where you think you've got away safe from Nemesis, but no, he's turned the handle and came, in, came through the door after you. And <laughs> you still need to run from him when you're not prepared for that. So no. The Resident, Resident Evil series used to be really good for those kind of moments, and I think it's lost that. Cool. Well, um, thanks for running down those for us, mate. This was always going to be more your show with the uh, horror genre and that, because you, you play a lot of these and you enjoy them. Um, I think we've had a good chat, and uh, thank you to everyone who's put their votes in for the scariest moments. Um, without you, we wouldn't have had that last section. And as we go through um, Halloween, hopefully this will come out a couple of days before Halloween or, or at latest um, on Halloween. So let us know if you've been playing any horror games over the Halloween period and um, if you experience any more scary moments you want to share with us, um, we're always there to listen. So send us any of that or any other feedback to at console underscore ninjas. He's getting it. And you can find us on the Facebook if you just search for console ninjas. You can also find me at, at Majin Willy. Yeah, and I'm at Jay Stokes, and the email, as always, console ninjas podcast at gmail.com. So, everyone, have a good Halloween. Um, go around knocking on people's doors, trick or treating, but uh, please don't come and knock on mine because that really pisses me off. And in uh, good horror fashion, mate, I think it's time we uh, split up. So, uh, I'll be right back. And remember, give us some nice reviews. Or in seven days' time, a spooky bitch is going to come out your TV and murder you in the night. <laughs> Bye, folks. Go on, get out of here.